Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Where to hunt podcast? It's okay. Hi, I'm Dan Small, host of Outdoor Wisconsin, and I listen to Where to Hunt. Man, it's okay. I'm Kurt Geyer with Working Class Bow Hunter. I listen to Where to Hunt podcast, and it's decent. It's all right. Hey, this is Bud Fisher with Catching Deers, and I think the Where to Hunt podcast is all right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast. Uh, Today is September 15th. This is episode number 150. We are coming at you from the OKS Hunter podcast studio. I'm Eric. And co-host Greg Tubbs here. Booyakasha. Look at that. Uh, first things first, the OKS Hunter podcast. Dude, they just dropped new sweatshirts, the evolution of an OKS Hunter, and the antler thing. Um, the and, antler thing? Yeah, the, the OKS antler, the, tr- is that, the trademark that like logo. The emblem? It is the thing. It's yeah. the... <laughs> <laughs> and then some stickers, which they're putting more of those out, it uh, sounds like. So, anyway, head on over to OKSHunter.com if you find some OK gear that you think you'd look OK in. Uh, you can enter code where to hunt and save yourself 10%. Yeah, that's what it is. Wow, you look like a monkey doing a math problem. There. Pretty much, dude. I, uh, <laughs> going, week? going a little too fast today. <laughs> too much going on. It's been, it's been a tidal wave. Um, we got other ads too. Backwoods Grind Coffee, Greg, you know what? Maybe I just, I'll never add the freaking discount code on there. You won't. I, I know never, you won't. I never remember until. So what's the discount code? Yeah, it's, uh. My trusty pad of paper here. Good Lord. I think I would remember anything, but uh, there's just too many codes. Uh, backwoodsgrind.com, enter in code W2H podcast for 10% off. You can subscribe. You there can just get one bag. You can get a sampler pack. Let's shut up and play the ad. Whether you're at work, in a tree stand, or simply waking up, it's important to be alert. And there's no better way to get there than with Backwoods Grind Coffee. Ground fresh for every order, delivered straight to your door. Backwoods Grind Coffee. Take a look at your feet. You wearing gum leaf USA boots. You said no. You gotta reevaluate some things. Each pair is handmade and tested to take over a million flexes. These boots will take just about anything you can throw at them. Use promo code W2H2020 for 10% off your final purchase at gumleafusa.com. There we go. Okay. See, I did it. We did some stuff. Um, you haven't had to call it. I know. I know. Hey. I'll let you do it. Go ahead. All right. I got to sing like a canary now. That's right. Go on, canary. All right. So if you're looking for a new set of arrows, go check out VectorCustomShop.com. Uh, you can start out with a test pack built to however you want it. Uh, different spine, different weights in the nose of them. Uh, they're rocking the ethics insert system so they can change the weights. 
Um, they'll fletch them up the way you want them, send them out to you. You can send them on a test flight, see what you like better. And you can order a half dozen or a dozen from VectorCustomShop.com. And when you go to check out, use discount code where to hunt to save 10%. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, hey, everybody. Did you know it's Greg's birthday yesterday? How old are you? Old enough to know better, but still too young to care. <laughs> you don't want to tell everybody your age? What are you, well, I'm 40. You a girl? <laughs> what are you, some kind of girl or something? <laughs> some, some kind of girl or something? <laughs> Happy birthday, buddy. Whoa. What do we got here? Oh, look at that. Some bourbon it's kinda, for a West Hunt. It's not a jackalope. It's an antelope on it. I know we're not going to be hunting one of those, but... Um, I want to get you something there. Well, here I'm gonna. I'm gonna steal we got more of that coming. But... I, I'm gonna steal the last swig out of this one here. A little cheers. All right, I got you a glass over here, and there's some ice right there. I, wow, I covered no, no. the shit out of this and tell you. Okay. All right. So you get that figured out, and uh, okay. we'll do a cheers. We got a lot of booze on the table right now. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we got drop that, time. We got a nice little uh, some high That's some, a taste. It's good. But here we are. All right, cheers. That's gonna be rough without any ice no, or water. No, it'll be fine. Ooh, good luck. Ninety proof. Delicious. Puts my Johnny Walker to shame. What is this? This is 40%. So this is 80 proof. So it's a ten, nice. 10%. I like it. It is. It's good. It's really good. We got more coming. So we finally could polish that one off. We've polished two of those bottles off now. No, you polished two of those bottles <laughs> off. Not me. <laughs> you helped. Come on. Uh, you had a little bit. I think bit. I had maybe three three nice little glasses. How of that long did that take there? us? We got that back. How long did it take you? Don't don't bring me into this. What, how, seriously, how long was it? When did we get that? Do you remember? Um, like, was it like March? Yeah, it was like right before COVID. It took six months to do two bottles. You're a pro. What can I say? And then you've dabbled in a few other brands on top of it. I try. I try you to. And your PD stuff over there. And then yeah. what are you working on tonight? Some black label. Oh, that's nice. It's the it's go-to, really. Nice. Yeah, we could talk about Scotch. Well, we should. This is the Scotch podcast. Scotch, bourbon, and whiskey. Mm, so delicious. We got the mammoth uh, whiskey over there. That shit's real strong. That stuff has got some bite. Um, the Laphroaig is like super peaty. You've put a hurting on the mammoth, though. A mammoth hurting on a mammoth. It's a mammoth. It's going to be extinct here soon. Look it's at that. It's a little bottle. Don't make me sound like I'm some boozer here. But I, you know, I don't. I like having a sipper at the end of the night. You're just a boozer, a whiskey abuser. Yeah, I guess so. Oh. If if people so like their the drop time, the drop time is we're, we're about to they're about to become the drink of the podcast. Okay. Um, but if you're not bringing that bottle to your camp, like I know there's traditions like people bring Jaeger or J- whatever the hell it's called. This, this is like this is going to be one of the ultimate big buck contest winner prizes right here. It's look, nice stuff. If I saw a buck like that in the woods. You know, I'd have to clean my Just pants. Just the label's cool. Yeah, it really is. It's neat. But yeah. the product is delicious, so. And they're out of Wisconsin. That's so, even better. Like, how about that, right? We like to work with with Wisconsin companies. Vector's out of Wisconsin. Yep. Yep. Donato's out of Wisconsin. We've we've done some stuff with them. Yep. Okay, so Hunter's out of Wisconsin. Hey, imagine that. Uh, who else? Well, Gumleaf isn't, and Heat Huns isn't, and um, Backwoods is out of Mississippi. No, but props to them. That's right. Okay, we wanted to talk about your hunt this weekend, and and by the way, folks, the the phone lines are are wide open. Okay, we have no guests on, so like, feel free to pick up the phone, call us. Um, you know, we'll we'll take your call as long as I'm paying attention to the screen here. I'll, I'll pick it up. Um, oddly enough, I before we get totally into it, 
I shared that to uh, Facebook and Instagram. I think you did too. Some of the stuff I, I like shared a little bit. I don't share much on Facebook because honestly, nobody watches. Nobody gives a crap. Yeah. Uh, on my Instagram feed, I got a few people that'll troll it. And some people that'll give me high five, what's up, whatever. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm here to help you and and you know people people like watching things on channels that are related to hunting, right? Yep. So it's just more of my efforts going to go to putting my content on where to hunt unless it's family stuff. So All right. Well, that's good. Well, what I thought was interesting is I posted it to TikTok, two different videos. Both didn't get approved. It didn't meet their community guidelines. I've seen that happen bloody, with huh? Instagram. Yeah. So where I did get some traction with it was actually Go Wild, the Go Wild app. Not the Go Wild Wisconsin DNR app, but Go no, Wild. totally app. different app. Um, <laughs> it's a great place to... I don't know, go to a community that's just full of those people that are going to support you rather than bring you down. And to be honest with you, I, I see that more and more going that route. Um, we really need as hunters and outdoors people, if we want to post something without being shamed or shut down or censored, shame to be used loosely there. Cause you know, people are going to shame it no matter what. Yeah. But it's nice to have our own house. Exactly. Our own playground. Yep. Where people respect they get it. what they you're respect doing. It. They, they understand. understand. They, yep. they understand it. You owe me a Coke. God. <laughs> Jinx. Anyway. Uh, so I guess, dude, like, let's talk about your hunt. Yeah. Uh, opening day. Wanted to get out. Um, I try to make it out every year, opening weekend. I mean, obviously, for a while there, I had... A point in my life where I didn't make it out bow hunting at all. And now I'm kind of, I'm trying to make up for it. So I went out in the, uh, in the afternoon. I wanted to go evening. I was up at 3.30 in the morning making coffee. The rain did not stop. So, and I just kept watching the radar. And No, it's not going to happen this morning. It does not pay to go out and get a wet ass <laughs> waiting for something. Is that why you forgot your seat cushion? Well, that might have been. <laughs> Not necessarily, but it might have been. It was one of those things where I had the, the stand all ready to go, sticks ready to go, and and put it in the back of the truck like nights before, several yep. nights before. Yep. So, okay, that so you thought the done. box was checked. Yeah, it was yeah. like one of those things, like going through my checklist, stands ready, sticks are ready, straps are on it. I've got everything I need for that in the truck. It rode around in the truck for three, four days like that, in the back of the truck, all on its own. Next thing was, all right, I got the backpack. Camera arm, camera. Oh crap! Where's the extra batteries? That's right. As we moved, I don't remember where all that stuff is. Find the extra batteries. Get a few of them charged. Get that in the backpack. Um, you know all the little things. Card reader, extra cards. Things that you know you'll you'll think about it in the walk in. Go. Oh crap! I should have brought that. So and then knife, knife. <laughs> I did use it during gun season. But I didn't didn't use it. Use it. Yep, you had it with you. But you I had it. My, have, I had it with me. You didn't actually cut anything. And with it. when's the last time I put an edge on that thing? I better go put an edge on that thing. So you know, run it over my stone, strop it, get it nice and sharp. You commented how sharp that knife was. It buzzed. You said right you've through. had it for what twelve years or something. I've had it for ten years, but I, I just throw an edge on it after I'm done using it every time, or if it's just bouncing around, it's the responsible thing to do. 
I'm going to cut myself. I might as well cut it with a sharp knife and not mm-hmm. a not a dull one. You oh, know? yeah, I've done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more blood coming out of me than the freaking dead animal one year. Right, right. So, you know, get through all the little ancillary things. You make sure the bow is on. You know, I've been shooting my bow like a madman. Some nights it's been nightly, you know, or some, some weeks it's been nightly. But I'm picking it up at least three times a week and once on the weekend and shooting it. Twice on Sunday. Right, right. You know, and I've been messing around with these arrows. I built three different sets of arrows, and the one that I take out hunting in particular is the one that shoots the best. And by shooting the best, it I, I paper tuned them. You know, I bare shaft, shot them through paper. They left bullet holes. Well, wonder if I can get away with heavier. Wonder if I can get away with lighter. Tried lighter and heavier combinations, and none of them could bullet hole the same way. Yeah, they just weren't. They weren't good. Fletchings will correct that, but I'm going to go down, I'm going through all this work and going down that road, I might as well just shoot, shoot what I feel yeah, is. Yeah, you're ready, if everything's yeah. dismantled, you might as well tune it up right. Yeah, I'm, I'm shooting what I want to shoot. Some will say it's extreme. Some guys will look at it and go, oh, I shoot heavier. Good for you. Does it shoot better out of your bow? Because it doesn't shoot where the shit out of mine. Shoot what works for you. Mm-hmm. Shoot what is... Bullet holing, bear shaft, if you're into shooting bear shaft arrows and, and really going next level with it, shoot what's flying the best. Put out of your mind what the FOC number is. What is I mean, your FOC number, by the way? Do you know? It's probably right around 19 and a half, 20%. So it might be light, slightly less. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really go through the motions of doing the calculations. I did a rough calc on Gold yeah. Tip's website. Okay. Gold Tip Arrow has a... Uh, FOC calculator, but some of the numbers look a little off and a little skewed with it. Like you're going through plugging things in and I don't know, it just doesn't seem quite right, but it's, it's close. So your total arrow weight is what? 630 grains. And when you consider the front of center, how much of, is it, is it, explain that again, please. Yeah, it's a mathematic calculation, but it's the, basically the balance point of where, where that arrow would balance. And obviously, you're going to have more of the tail hanging over the balance point. And that's how they determine your FOC. Mm-hmm. And what do you so, want? And why? What do you want? That's really what you got to ask yourself. <laughs> I'm not a woman, okay? I, I know. I know. I, don't, I hate to flip it around on you, but it really boils down to what you are comfortable with and what you want to shoot. I've My last arrows were 490 grains. Mm-hmm. I shot a bunch of deer with them. Almost everyone was a pass-through. Actually, everyone was a pass-through uh, with this particular bow that I'm shooting now. Every deer that I've shot... And you're shooting is, the Matthews? It, it's a Halon 32. It's okay. a 32-inch axle-to-axle bow, and I'm flinging anywhere. I've been anywhere from 65 to 70 pounds. I played with my draw weight, brought it up a little at a time, and it'll also change your tune, too. So you're smiling. What's up? Someone being a wise guy? Yeah. yeah. Levi Carey. Oh, said. cripes. Here we go. <laughs> he said, I was told there'd be no math. <laughs> I'm right there with you, Levi. Oh, my God. Yeah. Eric's uh, Eric's not wearing shoes, and he's trying to figure this out on his toes right now. But getting back to it, we I designed my arrows so they had pretty good kinetic energy, but... Anywhere from 7% on up, you're going to kill whitetail with it. Mm-hmm. 
Now, to kill a whitetail, no matter what it is, buck or doe, in the fashion that I did it, and again, the way I did it this weekend, totally not on purpose, definitely 100% luck shot, you know? And it wasn't that I was wishing for that luck. I had another plan in mind. Yep. But the doe came in, very alert because the wind switched. She smelled me, and then she started looking. Mm -hmm. At that point, were you already drawn on her or what? No. So, (laughs) you know, out for opening day, sat in a spot that... You were hunting a tamarack? Yeah, tamarack tamarack swamp. Yep. And... There's a ton of tracks going in and out of it. And this is how I usually set up and kill my first doe of the year most of the time anyway, mm-hmm. is I just, I know where they're feeding. I know about where the bedding is. I just set up on a trail. Guaranteed I'm going to kill a doe. Usually it's my first sit in a spot, and this was a first sit in that spot, fresh trails. We just had all this rain. Yep. They'd been, yeah. Th- yeah, they'd been bedded down. This was the perfect opportunity. So go in. It's raining get set up, take my time setting up, and the rain stops, the wind kicks up. The wind stops, the rain goes, it's back and forth. The wind, wind's kicking up, then it stops, then the rain, little rain clouds blow out, and then the wind switches. It comes out of the southeast, where when I started it was from the southwest, and it came straight south, and every time a, a rain cloud would pass over, we'd get the rain kind of calm down, the rain would blow past, and then the wind would switch out of the south. Yeah, southeast. you were in a spot where the storms were like kind of they were they were popping up in your area. Yeah, they, they were, weren't like blowing in from somewhere else. They were like pop up storms. Yeah, they were just you. popping up. I mean, yeah. and I could look on the radar and there's nothing, cell, and then suddenly there's yeah. a cell emerging. Well, and cell reception sucks out there. Like mm-hmm. you're not using, you're not going to use a, a a cell cam out there either, and and get any kind of signal and mm-hmm. reliable information. So I'm trying to bring this up. And I think I caught, I had like two bars of LTE service and it came up and went, oh, look at that. It's it's literally forming right down the road from here and blowing right over me. So this must have happened four or five times while I'm, you know, in a duration of three or four hours when I went out there. Because I, I think I got out there at about 2, 2.30, mm-hmm. took my time, got set up, got set in the stand at about 3, 3.30 and, uh, you know, trying to work the bugs out. Of course, I pick a tree too big to mount my camera and camera arms. So, sorry, there's no footage of this disaster. Um, got set up and just kind of was assessing and looking around. And, you know, you get enough time to think about, well, that looks like a trail where they could come in. But that looks like a better trail they could come in. So I kind of put myself in the middle of where all these trails came across this area to head Towards the the egg. Yep. And was she know. going to? F- was she, going she was to- heading to food. Yeah. Okay. That's she definitely thought. was heading to food. So closing time was seven thirty. My wife messaged me at about twenty after six. How long are you going to be out there? Well, closing time is at seven thirty, but I'll probably bail out of here in twenty minutes because it's been pretty quiet, and I can hear people recreating. I can hear people hiking out. You're on pretty the- close to that bike trail. Yeah. You know, Thirty yards, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Forty. So there's always people out walking and people making noise. So once the noise calms down, the deer start moving. They come walking through and then they head right right to the egg. Well, 
one lone doe and I thought for sure it would have a fawn with it. I watched it, you know, it just started packing up. I put my quiver on, snapped it onto the bow. I was going to grab my, my, uh, my rope out of my pocket, wrap it around the limbs, and all of a sudden I hear the telltale snap of a twig. Okay. I look and I see a tail flicker. And it's, it's getting darker because now we got another rain cloud coming. Yeah, and you're in the thick stuff, so yeah, you're like it's a field, thick, right? It's thick and dark. Yeah. I see a tail flicker again, and, and I look, and sure enough, there's there's a doe. And she's walking right up the one trail that kind of parallels. And I'm just watching her and waiting, and then she stops, and she nibbles on something, and then she takes a few more steps, and then I just kind of look behind her, and I'm waiting to see if there's any more deer coming. There's no deer coming. Not that I can see from here. Takes another few steps. And then she stops. And I'm just standing there with my bow in my hand. I think I had my my rope in my hand. I tucked the rope back in my pocket. I'm probably going to get busted here. She stops and she's kind of looking around. The wind was calm. And then she takes another couple steps and I... No, I'm probably going to get busted by this one. I should probably just give it the old dirt nap before it gives me away. Pulled an arrow out of my quiver, snapped it on the string, flipped up the, the vertus rest, clipped on my release, and then she stopped and looked right at my tree. And she started looking up, and I'm just this silhouette hanging off the side of this tree at 18 <laughs> yards away, and, you know... Definitely silhouetted me because she was on high alert. And she started taking a couple steps further forward and then stopped again and did the old peekaboo around another tree. Dodgy. Oh, yeah, getting real dodgy. So I just kind of tucked behind the one tree where she couldn't see me and I pulled back. And then I swung my scope over and looked, found her in my scope, found the shoulder crease. When I did that, I also bumped my quiver on the tree. And when I did that, she spun, and I also touched the release at the same time. So the bow went off. I was aiming right at the shoulder, the crease of the shoulder, Mm -hmm. which would have been a quartering slightly two shot, which would have definitely deflated both lungs, maybe caught the back of the heart. Before we get into like the full story and we start to like unpack more of that, uh, wanted to take a quick second to talk about the shot of the week brought to you by Vector Custom Shop. Head on over to VectorCustomShop.com. Be sure to use code WHERE, the number two, the word hunt. Get yourself 10% off of that test pack. Start to practice. Uh, get your arrows kind of dialed in and then you can buy a, a half a dozen or a full dozen. We're also doing a giveaway of a half a dozen of the Vector Custom custom Shop arrows. Uh, if you go to wheretohuntapp.com, go to our giveaway page. You can learn more there how to enter. Uh, there's still time to enter. We're going to announce the winner on September 30th. So, uh, you know, a couple more weeks and, and we'll get that going. But the shot of the week this week is the whole episode. Listen, Greg's shot that he put on this deer was pretty wild. So uh, the whole episode is the shot of the week, but we want to make sure we take a quick break to let folks know that you should go to VectorCustomShop.com. If you want your arrows custom built to your specifications based on your draw, length, weight, number of cams, type of animal you're hunting, the way you're hunting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, 
They're going to build the arrow directly, or not directly, but uh, specifically for you and, and get it directly to you. Sorry, I was a little bit ahead of myself there. Anyway, uh, be sure to check those guys out. VectorCustomShop.com. Let's get back into the episode. Here we go. Keep going. Okay. When I released, I heard just a loud, a loud pop. But it wasn't like a, a normal pop, like if you hit them in the side of the ribs and, and hit bone. It was a very subdued pop. So there was definitely an impact. The deer finished its swing and fell immediately on the ground. From there, it did a, a barrel roll and pushed itself forward at the same time with its hind legs. Rolled over a, a down log that was all rotten, tore the rotten log up, did another barrel roll over, pushed itself with its legs again, and it was down and then into the swamp it pushed itself. So with its hind legs, it probably pushed itself 20 yards, then it hit the wet stuff, and then all of a sudden seemed to come to life. There was a blowdown, and it was about three feet off, you remember, because you went in there, mm-hmm. that blowdown. Well, if you're hurting bad enough, and again, all these weird thoughts are going through my mind, like, what just happened? You know, did I hit it in the front legs? But when I saw it go crawling by doing its barrel roll push thing that it was doing, there was no blood coming out of the side of it. So where the heck did I hit this thing? It gets down to the blowdown, stands up, hurdles the blowdown, and falls down on the other side. Gets back up takes another two hops and then sidesteps hard to the right and I hear it go crashing off. All right. And I think I hear it crash down, but then immediately the wind picked up and started raining. So I'm going, crap. Mm-hmm. You know, there goes your blood trail. There goes my blood trail. I need to get down now. So backpack, all my crap, bow, everything, down to the bottom of the tree. Get down there. I'm like, I got to go look for the arrow. Go down there, find the arrow. How much of the arrow? A third of the arrow. So it's uh, Saturday. Wait, it was Saturday, Saturday night. Yep, Saturday night. And I'm playing Play-Doh with my daughter at the coffee table in the, in the <laughs> fireplace room. And, you know, I, I get this text from you with just a picture of the arrow busted. I'm like, I don't see any blood on the wrap, but it's a busted arrow. So, like, something. I'm like, would you shoot a freaking tree? Like, yeah. What? You didn't give me any, any explanation. No, I just no. saw that, and I was like, "Well, I don't know what to make of this." this yeah, there was like, like anything I can four, work with. Four dots of blood on the fletching. Yeah, I didn't see it. You know, I, yeah. I was like, you know, preoccupied. Four dots, I look, I'm like, and uh, it, busted arrow, whatever. And it had a little bit of a coating to it, but it wasn't. Yeah, you know, and it had just it's rained. Like, so it doesn't also, look like it could have been a path But like, why is your arrow busted? Like, yeah. what? Well, what and, you, and you didn't tell me anything, so well, I just and, left and it because I, I sent you the picture, and I'm like. I don't know what to think here. I, I have no clue. <laughs> what? Clueless. Either, so I just didn't respond. So, yeah, I find that hunk of arrow, and, you know, I, I look, point of impact, I look, and it's no mistake. And, I mean, you even saw it where that deer hit the ground and literally bulldozed you, yeah, away. Yeah, you could see the everything. All yeah. the way down. It laid all the grass flat and went down, and then, like, right where it hurtled, right before it jumped the log, there was a little bit of blood on the grass, and then a little bit more and then nothing around the log until another four or five feet. And there was a bunch of blood. And then there's like five other trails that could have gone down. I mean, I, I kept an eye on where it went. Mm-hmm. So I had the general direction down pretty good. So I checked the first back trail that kind of went back and around 
and there was nothing. There's no branches broke, nothing. Second trail kind of paralleled a little bit and then cuts cut to the south southwest. And then I found busted branches, grass folded over, and I found two more specks of blood on the canary grass. Then it decided to all out pour. And I'm going, you know, this is totally questionable. I don't even know at this point what happened. I'm just going to back out of here because the blood is not very good initially. And I didn't 100% hear exactly what I wanted to hear, you know, a deer crashing it. I didn't hear it crash. Well, and where we found it, it was all nice soft moss, so you're not going to hear anything fall in that. Yeah, that was pretty, uh, pretty soft ground. Yeah. So that's it. I'm just going to back out. I didn't feel good about it. I'd never leave a deer sit, but I got to back out. It's going to be cool overnight. We're just going to let this thing chillax. I don't want to bump it. I don't want to be pushing this thing all over the Tamarack Swamp because there's a ton of places for that deer to hide. So left it alone, came back next morning, picked up the trail, found it another five feet past that pine tree where I found last blood, found blood, then found more blood. And it was like, okay, we feel good. Yeah, we found lots of like we found a ton of blood. Sprays of it was blood. sprays of we're blood. Like, Whoa, we couldn't believe it because it, yeah. it had rained. You know, mm-hmm. we're like, I thought we were like you said, going to do a body search. Yeah, you know? the, and, the tamarack trees provided just enough cover to keep that blood trail fresh because mm-hmm. it literally looked like hours ago it had it had blood on it. Yep, you know, and it was well preserved. It was nice and cool. Didn't dry up. There was enough moisture on everything when you cut her open. Yep. Although, oh yeah. Talk about the stench. Everything I ate the rest of the damn day had that stench to it, I swear. <laughs> well, I can't help you there. That's a messy job. Yeah. Well, it's part of part of So we walk there. up on it. Yeah. So and we had like seen some brother in law we never seen. So my brother in law was with mm-hmm. and he helped us and I'm like, You just, found it. Yeah. He well, right as I looked up and saw it, he said I found it. And I said, Yep, it's right there. So we, we all converged on it right then and there, and it, w- it didn't go far. Yep. didn't go nearly as far as I thought we, we would have to chase it. Um, but, yeah, it, an entrance wound in the, in the neck, right at the bottom of the white throat patch. No exit out the back of the neck. So where did that arrow go? It traveled right down her throat. And went right through her lungs. Oh, yeah. It, well, it busted. So I've got an idea as to what happened with that. I think the arrow did make a full pass through because you can see where my fletchings went through the, the throat. Mm-hmm. And then it came out the stomach, came out of the stomach, and then went through the back leg. So it actually had a double pass through. It wasn't a complete full body pass through. Right. No, no. But... It, it went, looked like it, it looked like It was like, <laughs> what in the world happened here? And when we walked up on it... The you deer could had the exit. you could see the exit through the back ham, and where the deer had actually just finished kind of tugging it out, and it just was laying there right by its tail. The rest of the arrow broadhead ready to go again. All I got to do is run it run it over the the stone and the strop, and it'll be ready to roll again. But it's amazing to me what that heavy ass arrow went through. Not too many arrows that I know of go through stuff like that unless they're really building them extreme. And obviously, I built an extreme arrow, but not totally on purpose. But mm-hmm. it's just what I thought shot best. Yep. So 
as our pal the ranch fairy says, it's a plan B arrow. We don't have control over what plan B is. We don't have control over what plan C is. We're always thinking of the perfect scenario. And the perfect scenario is to hit that deer right behind the hind leg or the front hind leg. Don't hit it behind the hind leg. <laughs> no Texas hard shots. Right behind the front shoulder. Right in the vital V. Put mm-hmm. it right there. And that's where it was meant to go. Should I have taken that shot? If I look back on it, no. I should not have taken that shot. You know, with bumping my quiver and whacking the release like that, anything could have happened. I could have sailed wide. But, you know, I, I did have a good point of aim and everything. It just, things happened. Change of events, you know, that's what happened. Uh, one of the comments that just came through here from Alex said, uh, my buck I shot this year also went in the rear end and up into the chest cavity. So not also. So the next comment was my bad. Mine was opposite, Greg. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> in the back ham. But uh, steel force, single bevels, looking forward to trying out the Iron Will wide series this weekend. So, Yeah, yeah. Uh... My experience with the wide series is it's a, probably a good head up to about 30 yards past that. You better be very confident with your grip on your bow. No torquing. Um, What's torquing? When you not tor- twerking. Yeah, not twerking. Just making sure, man. You're weird. You know? No, you're not perfectly normal yourself. <laughs> I never said I was. <laughs> um, no, I like that head probably out to 25 yards on foam. 25, 30 yards on foam. But what is torquing? What is that? If you're torquing, you're torquing your wrist, that's going to change the angle of stretch on your string. It'll throw things off. So what do you want? You just want to have? You want to have a good grip. Everybody's grip's different. Everybody's human. You got to know what grip is right for you. Mm-hmm. You know, if grip shouldn't shouldn't change from head to head. What should change from head to head is tuning your arrow tuning your bow, those two things. Okay. That's what's going to make a broadhead fly. Especially when you get them wider, it's a widening, wider wing on the front. It's a bigger planing surface. Those arrows, that'll steer different. Sure. And, and any little imperfection, be it your grip, the way you're pulling, putting cheek tension on, on your string, touching it with your nose funny, face mask, facial hair, all that can play a factor. I mean, I know this is looking at it as a micrometer. Is, is yeah. a micrometer. It is. It's looking at it as a micrometer. And this isn't meant to mind screw you by any means, but it will. It'll mind screw you. And you'll find yourself doing it in a controlled environment because I played around all winter with it. What's that? What's that movie? Uh, Get him to the Greek. You've been mind fucked before? I'm mind fucking oh, you right boy. now. <laughs> I can't make it through one episode without swearing. But that was a quote. Come on. boy. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you can you can go down to your basement and shoot all winter and, and try to experiment with different gripping your bow different, pulling back on your release harder, mm-hmm. you know. Our buddy, the, Bill, our buddy uh, Bill Thompson, who was on uh, a couple weeks ago with uh, Spartan Ford, yeah. just said, he said he'll shoot open-handed to avoid torquing. Yeah, and that's what I've done is now, as I know, where on my hand my riser needs to be. Mm-hmm. And I know that I got to shoot an open hand at about my knuckles. It'll be about a 45 degree angle. So the, the riser will hit my hand here. Mm-hmm. My knuckles, it'll be about a 45 degree angle, open handed. The thumb is just 
resting. We're talking like golf swing etiquette here at this point. It is. It is. If you want rifle accuracy out of a bow, that's what you're going to be doing. And that's what, that's what compounds allow you to do. Yeah. You know, it's not. Your margin of error based on your stuff. Like when you told me that you weren't sure if you got it, I was like, bullshit. I know your shit's tuned is about as good as it can get. I know you've practiced it's, all the it's time. It's as good like, as I can get it by yard, myself. You were under 20 yards. I was like, I was like, no way this isn't a dead deer. Like, but whatever, shit happens. We found right. it, right? Right. But I, I didn't want to go I was overly concerned for you. Right. You know, I just wasn't. Well, and I didn't want to be overconfident either. So you call me that, and you call me later on in the night, and you're like, hey, I shot at one. You told me what had happened. You're like, I can't make sense of it. I don't know. It started pouring. I backed out. Can you help me go get it in the morning? Right? Yeah. So I did, which I was happy to do. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, at least I get to see a deer this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and get in the woods or whatever. <laughs> and then I had to rush back home to get party supplies. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it wasn't an ideal situation. It's not what I wanted to happen. But at the end of the day, we it's recovered. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, we recovered the deer. I got the meat. It's all good. Um, yeah, someone had asked about, like, oh, did you get the meat? You know, it was because it was you know, sat overnight, and it wasn't super cold. But No, it wasn't super cold. Um, and, yeah, it, it did nick the guts. So I'm sure there's going to be a little – there is a little bit of loss in it, not a ton. Um, when that – that you had minced some shit up in there, too. That arrow got to waddle around oh in there God. quite a bit. That, that arrow did some major damage. <laughs> I mean, and that broadhead isn't a super wide broadhead. I'm shooting the S125, so it's and they a solid. Have, they have three versions? Essentially, they got a vented. And you're shooting, so let's just talk about your setup real quick. Yep. Okay, go on. Okay, so I'm shooting the solid 125 from Iron Will. They make a solid 100 grain. I believe they make a solid all the way up to 200 grain, but then they also remove the bleeders. So they've got, like, basically three models, and then they got some subversions of that. But I, I, the first ones I shot ever were the S one or the, the V one hundreds, the vented one hundreds, because I had heard some things about solid heads. Yeah, they like the plane. They do funny things. The so flight like, patterns. The flight pattern. Touchy. Yeah, they'll typically, you know, a, a broadhead will shoot heavier than a, a field point because of the drag. They they will drop a little bit. But what I was hearing was the solids have a higher impact. You know they because they plane a little bit more, they get the kite effect or the wing mm-hmm. effect where they they're come, floating more float them. a little bit. With these, with these S125s, with the solids and the amount of weight that I have in the nose of that arrow, I'm right next to it with field points. I'm, I'm not complaining about that at mm-hmm. 20 and 30 yards. I'm able to put field points right in there with that broadhead. But I started with the, with the vented heads, the vented 100s, Gosh, 2016 or 2017? I think 2017 is when I bought those, when when they were starting to come yeah, out. And, I had to talk to the wife a little bit before you got that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I bought three of them, and I shot a bunch of deer out at Shaniqua. Oh, yeah. Yep. And that's the, re- the reason I went with those heads is because I could resharpen them. Every t- otherwise, I was using the, the G5 Striker, which was a great head, but then I switched bows. I switched to a heavier, faster bow, and the flight characteristics and on you know we can back up and go well you didn't tune your arrows to it no i didn't 
I didn't tune my arrows. I bought, I took whatever came off the shelf. This is what the guys at the shop told me to use. And yeah, it should work fine. My point of impact with those heads was terrible compared to, you know, what I was getting out of my old bow with them. And so I thought, well, I'm going to try these other heads because I did some more research. So I bought into these Ironwell V100 heads. And, and day six makes a good product too. They I'm do. Mistaken. It seems similar. Similar, different metals. Um, the day six probably isn't quite as durable. It might be argued that it is. Um, but they make it out of a really nice stainless where the iron wheel is an A2 tool steel. Hmm. It's very hard, very durable, and the blades are a little bit thicker than the Day 6 Evo head. And then what's the other ones that you told me to get that I couldn't find? Where They are out there. They're Magnus. just hard to find, the Magnus. Yeah, the Magnus Magnus has really gone through a My major run. My dad just run. got some. Did he? He yeah. found a site and got them. They, so. they really went on a tear. Well, Ranch Ferry. <laughs> I mean, like, all you got to say is one word. Hard to find. One, one guy is responsible for the huge run on... on I went to Whale Tales in Dowson, Wisconsin here, yeah. and... And I was looking for those, and they're like, you know, they're a mom and pa shop, and we just haven't heard back from them. We don't have any right now. Yeah. And now we know why. It looks like looks like Rancher is actually on here. Ranch. Uh, Ranch, dude, call in, man. Troy, let's go. Iron Will uh, all day long, he said. Yeah. Phone I, lines are hot. They're hot. Yeah. Um, I'm, I love that head. You know, I, I was really happy with the. Glad you just. <laughs> <laughs> I just, loved. And we're always in deer camp mode here. Yeah, let's yeah. just let's just make that. You're very in little clear. kindergartner you mode. Watch yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, man. I I had great results with it, and, and the reason I went with it is I got tired of looking for blades. I couldn't get Troy's the consistency. Awesome. Let's bring them in. Where's my ringer? Where's which one? You don't it? need one. Just bring them. No, I need to do my sounds. I need to. We need to get it right. See, there we go. The ranch fairy himself. Troy, what's up? Howdy, sir. What's going on? You know, we're, we're just talking uh, arrows and, and does and venison and Greg's hunt. We're glad you called in. Thanks for calling. I think I'm looking at the wrong podcast. I must have been looking at one of your old ones. <laughs> uh, you could be. <laughs> you're, you're, you got in your DeLorean. This is back I'm in time. This isn't live. Y'all are talking about iron wheels and... I just went, nah, come on, man. I got to get on that. Maybe it's this one. I don't know. <laughs> That's great. What? So how long have you been watching? I didn't, I just noticed you made a comment here. So I don't know how, uh, when you got to jump into all this. 30 seconds. And I heard, uh, iron will and day six Evo. And I said, I got to jump, jump in there. Yeah. <laughs> jump on in. <laughs> Give her the old elbow. <laughs> have you, uh, have you had a chance to shoot the Evo head? I know people that have, and I've heard mixed results, but it, it seems like a good head because it is a cut-on-contact head. I, just, I don't like the steel. Yeah. Which one? So which one don't you like? The Evo. The Evo steel is a little uh, – it's not the same as the iron wheel steel. No. I had them hand in hand. So I was in North Dakota with the uh, the guys from Tethered and Machine and Garrett and there's there the evo is going to be fine but if you're going to compare them that it's next level yeah that's kind of what greg was just saying it's like well, yeah, the is a great, a great it's a th- broadhead, the, but the thickness and you know i've listened to brian broderick talk on kevin vistason's podcast the deer hunter podcast and the reason he said he went with that stainless steel is because he's in down in 
Alabama and it's a very corrosive environment and he didn't like having to, you know, worry about oil and blades. So that's why he went with the stainless. Well, yeah, sure. No, that's a totally reasonable move, right? It's like the war between feathers and veins. Right. If you're hunting in freaking Oregon, you need to be shooting veins, right? Right. Right. And if something's corrosive and you've got some rust issues, like I've got down here with a lot of humidity, et cetera, Mm -hmm. you either need to stay on top of them or go stainless and make sure they're sharp. That's all. That's always my mantra. A half dull thing is not worth playing with. Right. No, no, sure. Isn't unless you want to go shank somebody and cause a real um, problem, you know, you know, person to person, but that's not what we're doing here. You're into shanking people. We don't know what your problem <laughs> is. Saying, we're man. not shanking people, right? So <laughs> the crazy part about, uh, well, we could be shanking people. I, I get a little blunt sometimes, yeah, maybe. It's, it's fine. So that, was like, that was a pun right the there. I caught that. With, <laughs> the trouble with corrosion is it happens at the molecular level first that you can't see. And you know where that's at? On the thinnest it's part the of the blade. Thinnest part of the blade, which is the very... supposed to be the sharpest, right? It's the, cutting apex, edge. it's the apex. It's the cutting edge. It's the very edge that is right. most affected by corrosion and rust first. Hmm. So by the time you see it on the blade, flats, or whatever, you're, it's way too late. So for all the okayest hunters out there that are, you know, just dusting shit off right now and the season's already been open mm-hmm. and shit might be rusty or mm-hmm. corroded, look, what's the biggest difference for them? What What's going to happen or not happen? Their blood trails are going to go down and their blood trails are going to get longer. It's a, it's a completely linear relationship to killing efficiency. There's no... There's, there's no other way to describe it. It's just the what happens. Sure. What's a good anecdote to depict this? Like, I'm just thinking of something comparable. Like, if I'm going to, you know, run a rusty blade versus a sharp blade on some what? Like, what kind of line can I run some Kool-Aid through to show what this is going to actually look like? I always use the liver. The liver. I mean, if you want to get totally functional, liver's kind of wiggly. Mm-hmm. And go just check them on that. Now, in my my podcast with the hunting public where we did the video on sharpening, I just used paper. Yep. And cut the paper with what you got and just check them. That's all I'm asking. You know, I'm not going to be the pariah of beating you over the head for not having sharp broadheads. Be great if you but did. I think it's the most overlooked boat. I mean, arrow flight is number one. Go to the shop and slap them together and give them old, fling them around. That's the first thing we got to fix. That aside, sharpening has been lost because you don't have to sharpen anything anymore. No, we're a throwaway society. Well, no, it's, it's crazier than that. A hundred years ago, to shave your face, you had to <sighs> sharpen a straight razor. Which sounds pretty badass, actually. So, correct. <laughs> and if you can learn to do that, it's really a great shave. It might bleed a little bit when you learn. Sucks. But to Fred Bear and Ben Pearson and Dr. Ashby, who hunted with those guys, sharpening broadheads wasn't a big freaking thing. They were like, yeah. We it's like, just like this. shining your boots in the military. You just got to fucking do it. Just part of every yes, day. You just got to do it. Yeah. Yep. And with all the cut on contact stuff coming back, 
you're 100% irresponsible if you don't check them and you can't sharpen. Do not, do not shoot anything that isn't fresh out of the package unless you are going to take on the responsibility to do it. That's great. All my you stuff is in the package. The broadhead so. guys for being lazy. What do I not dare? Acceptable. Do I dare ask what your opinion is of like? Not to say that I'm shooting this, by the way, but um, mechanical blades or the new hybrids, the mechanical slash fixed. The blade, the they, those things are made out of goo. That's my opinion. They're super thin. And they just won't take the edge. And here's the problem. It's not the edge in your hand. It's not the edge in the air. It's the edge after impact. Yep. So y'all brought up the iron wheel, and I'm going to start doing some testing. I'm actually going to shoot boards, which I have condemned heavily in the past. But I'm trying to figure out a, a substrate that will slow an arrow down so it doesn't skip through the target. And it's moderately flexible. Particle board doesn't explode. It just moves out of the way. So it catches the arrow. So if you put a target behind it, you can shoot through the particle board. It's moderately flexible and into a target like there's organs. Sure. Okay. And then check edge integrity after that. No one does that. They just say, well, went through the board. Let's go to freaking work. Come on. I'm fucking, dude, we haven't had you on in a while. This is good. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you call in every fucking week? Like, come on. Yeah, I can can do that. I'm completely full of shit. Every Tuesday Tuesday night, whatever. You're like, you know what? At 7 o'clock, I'm going to call those fuckers out of Wisconsin. (laughs) Yeah, just mess with them. Mess with them. But, uh... (laughs) It's, I, I honestly, in my testing and my changes, killed pigs. I got the flight down, and I think I don't have the ones I lost. Right. Five years right. ago. You can't analyze it. You don't know what Dr. happened. Ashby, Dr. Ashby always says if we could get the ones we'd lost, man, we'd learn stuff. That's like getting but the fish I with a lure stuck into, in its mouth. If you could recatch the fish yeah. that sold your damn lure, my God. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily exactly. the same thing, but you, so, you have a lot of lures back. Yeah. When I upgraded to the first head I ever started getting messing with, when I got crazy, crazy and put 100 grains of brass in and put a 125 head on, I was really getting crazy. This is when I was shooting mechanicals back in the old days and stuff. I shot the two-blade buzz cut stinger right out of the package. And I started torching stuff. I'm talking 50-yard tracking, no tracking. You see them, go get them. And then when I started playing with tough head, single levels, went Ashby, and I learned to sharpen, I just sit there and go, something's dying tonight. That's a great feeling. That's confidence, though. That's yeah. that's what you're really – that. like, to me, what we're talking about is a level of confidence that most haven't even experienced or considered. No, that's correct. And, and everybody acts like I'm, you know, I haven't done this. Listen, I'm 51. I started shooting the boat when I was 12. Right. And I didn't start doing all this stuff till four years ago. And I went from maybe a 50% e- 
effectiveness rate, effective meaning you kind of get the big quick, to high 90s, and when I make a mistake, it's, it's on me. When I put the arrow where we're supposed to go, they're done. I don't even... Gushes. Let's go over there. We'll find them. It's, it's a completely different level of confidence and, to but, shoot a if, really sharp, real flying arrow. So, so you, know you, taught, you taught us, like you actually taught us, like legitimately. We talked to you and you taught us and we watched you. My dad's like, watch this guy's YouTube videos, blah, blah, blah. So we, we reach out. You say, yeah, I'll be on the show. Great. Awesome. You're, like, thank you. And, and you talk about like the yep. paper tuning and like get the fucking arrow to shoot straight first then work Great. backwards from there, yep. get a sharp, sharp, sharp broadhead. Like those are the two yep. major components. Like what does it matter for a lot of folks? There's a lot of arrows to choose from. There's a lot of fletching styles to choose from. There's a lot of broadheads. And like we talk about the ethics insert outsert system, you know, what's the general rule of thumb? Is that it? Like shoot straight, shoot sharp. It really is. And forward to center. Yep. So make sure you got a light, a reasonably light, you know, arrow grain per inch. That's going to be 10 or so because you're going to be shooting adult spines, right? 300 or heavier. Yep. Can't shoot the old Twizzlers anymore. Them I'm not shooting Twizzlers like anymore. Go sideways, <laughs> even if you try to turn them. I was shooting Twizzlers when we talked before. I'm and not anymore. It didn't matter which way we turned the knock. That thing still flew sideways into the target. It was garbage. No, that's right. <laughs> and I talk to people. I, I get five to 700 emails and messages a week now. I'm sure. And it's all tuning or broken. Oh God, I got some fantastic broken shoulder blades and scapulas and humeruses. And I got some great photographs going up on my feed on Instagram. Just people torching stuff. Good. And two guys shot through bull elk tree. Had to dig the broadhead out of a tree. (laughs) Are you you telling me they're not going to go back and think they can shoot through a bull elk again? (laughs) If they can get it out of the tree and but they it, can put an edge on it, it's going back through another elk. <laughs> correct. And it's what I said on the podcast with the hunting public. Archery is getting an arrow to fly to a target. Bow hunting starts at impact. And you need to build an arrow system that will penetrate when it hits something, not something that will get from point A to point B only. We have to reverse engineer our engine, our aero systems for hunting. I don't give a crap what you do in 3D. It's foam. Who cares? They've got a 14 ring in the guts on those 3D targets. I shot 3D this weekend for the first time in probably 10 years. I didn't know about all this. I said, what's that circle for? Something like by the kidneys. <laughs> oh, we did the same ring. thing. If you want to shoot back there. You see said, that? Target. That's the loser circle. <laughs> So that's the winner's losers circle. Long night, winner 14. What? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, that's funny. You know, we discussed that and said, you know, we need right arrow flight and super sharp if I could get you there. And if you can get your four to center over 15, 16%, that arrow flight will come in. So that we start talking about math. You, still, you guys lose me. Like someone was joking about it earlier, but I'm, I'm right there with him. Like my brain hurts when I start to think about percentages and, and things like that. Um, and again, what I did was I, you wrote up, some I, good blog articles, Greg, about this. Well, stuff. I wrote one or two, but it, I don't think it got traction. So I just kind of gave up on, you can't give up. 
Oh, uh, if you're going to play with the Ranchberry stuff, you're going to get no response. So just mm. be ready for that. The hell with them. I got the you the know, guys that did respond right though were like mad props, dude. This is awesome. So, you know, it's just the best. Yeah, yep. I I enjoy it. It's and to me, it's it's just another way of taking more responsibility for the animals I'm taking. Yeah, the having a lethal setup so you can have ethical kills. You're just closing more deals, you know, and and you're having confidence. Like that's that's a bigger, it's a bigger deal. Three seasons because you've got to pay attention to the stuff to get the confidence. That's that's what the point is. You don't just like do it and you're good. You got to go through the process to get there. I'm going on my fourth season shooting an iron wheel head. Mm -hmm. The confidence starts when you see your 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 broadheads just fly right in. Yep, and that's. I mean, that was it. I I put that broadhead on. Tons of people saying I've never seen that. You know, I've never, I've had lots of pictures of broken broadheads where they shot the broadhead first, which you're supposed to do, and then they hit the broadhead. Hit the broadhead at the practice point. You hit the field point. Ryan Hartnado just said the blog was good. You just got some affirmation there. See, that's the guy that gave me the (laughs) thumbs up. (laughs) Ryan Hart, you're awesome. Thanks, brother. (laughs) Yeah, he's a madman. He is. Yeah, and apparently I got it, like, going for him, and then he was was pretty excited about it. He's like, dude, you left me hanging. All right, you wrote two though. I did write two, and I got to write a couple more because I was in oh, the process. I was trying to okay. get my bow restrung and then get everything squared again. Guessing the dust Following, off the keyboard. Yeah, okay. I'll dust off the, the keyboard. Fans have spoken. This isn't even me telling you to do something. This is like peep, the people want it. Reinhardt wants the it. The people want it. <laughs> Reinhardt. All right, wants boys. It. I'm gonna let you go. I'll come pop in some other time and raise hell. It. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks for Ranch. We appreciate it, man. You guys have a great evening. You too. Yeah, we'll talk to you. Bye bye. Bye. Well, that was a good cameo. Yeah, it was. We'll take it. I don't yeah. even know where the fuck you were in the story now. I don't. I don't know. You were. Somewhere. Doesn't matter. <laughs> we because we just. Yeah. We're talking about. I think we're tracking it and. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah I you mean, called we, me. Come. Come look in the morning. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Like the rain didn't wash away all the blood. No, we so did. We good. were finding blood we everywhere. Walked up on it and saw the exit wound, and yeah. it was like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. This is crazy. How the hell did this happen? Yeah. So it it was Plan B. That deer moved. Because deer move. Reinhardt said he's got the arrow slamming, by the way. Good. I'm glad. Tell Greg to do it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just for you, Reinhardt. He said, uh, I'm chewing at the bit to stick a deer. Yeah, me too, man. Because I've never had my shit dialed in like this before in my life. Well, I'm 34, right? Yeah. I think that actually matters. I didn't start bow hunting until I was 22 or something, I think. 22, 23. Um, I think I remember asking my I was like kind of into rock climbing for half a second. Yeah. And I was like, can I get a gift card to this rock climbing place? I asked my dad. He's like, what do you want for your birthday? I was like, I'm into rock climbing. How about a gift card? And then my birthday comes around. It's March. And I get I get a, a freaking gift card to Westtown Archery on Capitol Drive. Here, you're getting a bow like, instead. What the fuck is this? This ain't rock climbing. You're is getting it, a bow instead. You're going to do this for the rest of your life. Time to eh. grow up, Dale. Yeah, that's what happened. And so, yeah, he gave me his hand-me-down. I got it retuned, got it all fitted for me, the Dart and Viper dual cam that I'll never forget. And uh, I never did kill a deer with that bow. Well, I mean, my first bow... My dad killed lots of deer with that bow. My first bow was a Jennings Black Lightning. It was a youth bow. I started pulling that back at the age of 12. And once I hit, was able to pull back 45 pounds, which I worked hard all summer. Would you do push-ups? Push-ups. I worked for the farmer. Uh, Not a girl. M- moving milk. So milk cans, moving milk, moving milk, man. My, I would carry the milk, okay, milk cans over to the strainer, dump them in the strainer, and then pump them to the milk house. And then I also, how old were you? I was twelve. 
12. Yeah. I remember, dude, my weird job when I was that age was uh, putting peepers on pheasants for Warren Valley. Oh, boy. Back in the day, moving pheasants. Moving pheasants. And let, releasing, we would play like football with the, with the freaking... The pheasants are talons. <laughs> we'd be like, go along! Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. But you get into those barns. No, thank you. That's rough. Someone told me to wipe blow my nose. You want to have a blow in my nose. Going to a fucking pheasant freaking barn. Jeez. <laughs> Blowing bird shit out of your nose the mm-hmm. whole time. Back no. in the day. Yeah. I, dirty I, jobs. Yeah. I I worked for a dairy farmer, so I was doing all the all, all sorts of chores. Everything was manual labor. Yep. Yep. Lifting so milk. So that got you fit enough to be able to draw back. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. And then... I, I got into bow hunting, but never was real serious about it. My dad didn't have a whole lot of patience, so it was just, here, go here, sit there, wait till dark. Mm-hmm. Don't move until I come and get you. <laughs> well, it seemed like hours after dark, he'd finally come and get me, or he'd forget about me on purpose. Oh, boy. And leave me out there, so then I'd be out find there. Find your way back, boy. Yeah, find your way back. Do I get a flashlight? No, you don't get a flashlight. Oh, jeez. You don't need to be flashing that around, scaring the deer away. So I'll just go crashing through stuff. Red moonbeam usually, you know, come on, man. (laughs) Reinhardt said he can't believe his broadhead hits the same way as his field points. You really do go, holy shit, it works. Yep. Dude, mine does. The process does work. You were like, oh, you might have to adjust some things. I was like, okay, I'm I'm prepared for this. And and, and I shot and I shot and I shot and I shot. And I was like, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah, it was weird. I'm not shooting the same stuff you're shooting. No. I I wasn't ready to drop the hundred bucks for three. You don't have to. I'm I'm telling people just because I shoot an iron well, all my stuff is still in the to. case, not open. So like, yeah, I'm not shoot what you want to shoot, whatever you're confident in. Because at the end of the day, dead is dead. You know, and a lot of people go, oh, it doesn't matter. Dead is dead. You're right. You've shot more deer than yep. I have. You're probably a better shot than me. Go ahead. Yep. No, but that's interesting. I'm just like, saying for me, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is what works. It's cool that you and I are similar. We're doing similar things, but we have a couple differences. So. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Like I intend on getting on a freaking deer and letting them fly. And we I'm, will put you on a deer. Yeah. The rest is up to you. Yeah. Um, so it'll be fun when I call you to help me recover. Well, with any luck, I'll be recording it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can you. just be right there with me with the cam. So anyway, it's eight o'clock. Can you believe that? Oh, that was a nice short Classic. little bullshit session. <laughs> Hour goes by like that. Just like that. The time Nazi says it's time to hang her up. Right. I mean, honestly, if you have any other final thoughts, you can you can send them. Send them. We had a long season. It was nice to draw blood early, um, get a dough in the freezer. You gonna cook me dinner soon? I might. Trying to invite me over forever. Yeah, I know. You're the one with the smoker grill, though. Mm-hmm. I got the old Weber. We'll invite you here, and you can be the chef. There you go. Yeah, uh, plenty of season left. Um, I got a couple of bucks I'd really like to wrap my hands around and get figured out. We're getting, we're getting some pretty good. We got some good intel. Good intel. Um, I don't think, uh, I know we got pressure around there too and in the other spot, but we can work around it. We'll, we'll have some sort of success, whether it's one of those nice big bucks or if it's just, you know, another eater dough or whatever you want to shoot. Yep. I have my standards this year. If I don't see what I want to shoot, I'm not shooting That's it. That's the biggest buck I've ever got right there. Well, you can so do nothing but improve, right? If I can, anything bigger than that. I, yeah, I if it's got another point, it. it's still an improvement. Yep. If it's a little wider, it's still an improvement. Yep. 
But really, I what I actually want. This is this is stupid. I'm not a trophy hunter. I'm not. But I want meat for my freezer. My wife is asking for it for mm-hmm. the first time ever. Right. Um, ever since she had her incident when I was ice fishing, and it's a whole different story. <laughs> the kitchen was like a freaking murder scene. Anyway, I want a buck for both sides of my fireplace. There you go. Like honestly, if if I get that, I'm good, man. I'm good. That's about as much trophy hunting as you'll see me do. Sure. But otherwise, I, I'm out there for the good time. I'm out there for the adventure. I'm out there for blazing the trail. I'm out there for the meat. That's it. Sure. So Well, then there's plenty of memory to be made. You're going to get a lot of experience. You know, things happen. We got an experience out of this situation. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, now I, I 100%. I mean, I've not lost a deer with these broadheads, and I'm not saying it's all on the broadhead and it's all right. on the arrow, but... I have confidence in my setup. Mm-hmm. I've not lost a deer Even with this setup. Even in an extreme plan B situation, yeah. you're still able to get done. Now that you're yep. promoting that, but like, look, at least it's a fail safe. It's a safety net. 100%. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's all we got. Well, thanks, folks, for tuning in. Uh, well, time out. We got a call. Who we got here? Oh, let's bring him in. Uh, let me do my button. Oh. Hey, Byron, you're live on the Word Hunt Podcast. What's up? Look at the head on that guy. Oh, <laughs> Last hey, minute. I'm just, uh, I, I didn't catch the early part of the show, but uh, I did want to wish Mr. Tubbs a, a congratulations and a, and a way to go and um, getting, you know, you guys off to a great start up there in Wisconsin. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. You're out of Ohio, right? Correct. I feel like Ohio is like a, a close cousin to Wisconsin. It feels very similar. Well, they've got pressure just like we've got pressure. Mm-hmm. They've got big bucks, and so do we. Cleveland's like Milwaukee. You know, like, there's a lot of uh, tangential tangential lines. I don't know. I don't. I don't think we have the the hunting heritage you guys have. From I've I've hunted Wisconsin for a weekend, and it seems to be it runs deep. Oh, I. Yeah, I see more guys up there with stand sticks on their backs. I see, uh, oh, more of that tradition of hunting squirrels and stuff. Like uh, in Ohio, we may have more people per square mile. I know we do actually, and uh, but we don't have a, a hunting heritage. But no, I uh, I just thought you know you guys were off to a great start, Greg. Uh, you you killed a couple of does early in uh, your bow hunting seasons here over the years. And oh yeah, I, I think it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's awesome. I know you guys were just talking goals. Mr. Tubbs, what is your goal this year as far as quality of buck? Quality of buck, I'm I'm trying to better myself. Um, you know, obviously last year I, I wasn't uh wasn't in a position to shoot one. I mean I was. I could have shot a 120 like my first first trip out on a piece of public go by me. Um I elected to pass on it because it it was smaller than what I've already got. You know, and I'm I'm not a big trophy hunter by any means, and I'm just trying to better myself. And if it means I'm going to pass on bucks, which I've been doing for a long time already, um, I'm going to pass on them. I'm going to wait for that bigger deer. So uh, I'm trying to shoot one bigger than what's on my wall now. Whether that's, you know, if, if it's a, a 138 or a 136 and a half or a, you know, whatever it is, as long as it's bigger. But then again, if I don't, if I don't have deer that are bigger than that and I got to shoot that, that's what I'm shooting. We got some good ones on trail cam. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you got you got some inventory of some some biggins. Mm-hmm. I do. I will, so I time will, will shamelessly I mean, shoot one out from under you if I get the opportunity. Whatever. That's what happens. <laughs> That's what happens. I'm gonna be proud as hell as if you do. Yeah. I'll be very happy if you do. But yeah, that's my goal is get a buck bigger and obviously fill that last management doe tag. We're given two tags for our area for for uh, killing does. Um, in my particular predicament, it's two on public, and I don't know what it is on private. If you let them know you're hunting private, they might only give you one tag or two tags. I'm not sure how that works. And Byron, what about you? You were just you were just were you in Kentucky or Kansas or something with a K? I was. Yes. Yes, I was just in Kentucky uh, over the weekend hunting some uh, old public land down there. And oh, I just, uh, Dave stopped by my house today. He's headed there um, Friday. And I may be, they, they actually, the temperature is supposed to be in the 40s this weekend overnight. Like, Ooh, so I may slip down there for a, for a Sunday morning uh, walkabout, if you will. Maybe a, How maybe far is that stand. for you? Yeah. Is that how many how many hour drive? Oh, how many hour drive? Uh, roughly three and a half ish. So oh, that's, that's doable. That's I'll totally doable. Oh my gosh, yeah, that, that's doable. If you Do can it. get in there before first light, if you can get the truck landed and gear and run down the trail and get to it, you could you could pull something off. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and and maybe something. I may just. Uh, uh, take my stand in like three sticks, something stupid, easy. Um, that's what I ran pick with. A, a, yeah. Pick a ridge system that I can, uh, I've got a forester map so I can kind of tell where some oaks are and I may start there. And if, uh, if I don't like the spot a, a, after the sun comes up, I, I need to put boots to the ground anyway. So it'll be a uh, time for a walkabout if you will. And yeah, so more that, scouting, that's less hunting. What I'm thinking that's, for, that's for Sunday. Yeah. More scouting is going to put you, you can in. I still hunt it too. A little bit. Well, more, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, always like, walking like bow loaded. Perfect. What's your goal for the year? Like, where were you at? What's what are you trying to accomplish? Because you've cool. you've got some good ones. Yeah, I uh, see. So you guys had a pretty good yeah, season. Yeah, no, I. Uh, yeah, I'd like to shoot a, a good buck here in Ohio, um, and then I've got I've got two out of state tags, and obviously I'd like to maybe put my 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 tag on around one more. Um. One more buck. I, I, I've never shot two bucks in a year. I've come very close. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of my goal this year is, is, uh, from, from a buck taking perspective. Um, I'd, I'd like to do that. And I'd like to, I'd like to get my sister a deer. She's been, uh, bow hunting and gun hunting several years and, and, uh, just haven't been able to, to, to seal the deal. So, so I'd love to see her get one. Yeah, that would be cool to kind of get the monkey off her back, and and then she can feel more confident as she starts going more often. How do you do that when you're salmon fishing? Bring a banana on the boat. Yeah, bring a banana in the street sand. Maybe do it. Don't you do it? (laughs) Throw your ass right off the boat next time. We're not superstitious at all, are we? Yeah, you are. Well, Byron, dude, thanks for calling in. And guys, be. check out Whitetail Experience on YouTube. You guys have put out great content. Great yeah, content. Been putting out all sorts of cool how-to videos. And, and uh, just you kind of bring us along for every little adventure with all your, your updating. So it's it's been great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I try to uh, try to do that. But, yeah, um, yeah, I, uh, I'll jump off here. I know you guys were about to wrap up. Uh, 
Uh, Eric, keep the okayest uh, hunter memes coming, man. Those those crack me up on a regular basis. So. Oh, we try. Um, we love I, them. I man. gotta. Yeah, that, uh, it's funny. I followed where uh, where to hunt for for a long time before I followed the okayest hunter on Instagram. And I would say anybody that's just following where to hunt, you gotta go follow the okayest hunter just from the video memes alone. <laughs> Good. I usually do those while I'm pooping. So. Oh God. <laughs> really. <laughs> When it oh, comes exactly. out, then you know what's going on. That's right. Jeez. It's that time of day. All right, All right guys. Well, well, good luck out there. And I know you guys are, are into season. Oh, I wanted to ask you guys uh, up in Wisconsin on, on the Oaks. Yeah. Um, I felt like when I was in Ohio, uh, I've got a couple Oaks even here on my the place I live. They were they they were dropping. I've seen deer eating on Oaks in Ohio. When I went to Kentucky, I probably walked by 20, 25 Oak trees. And I only found uh, like deer actively on one of them. It was like those oaks had just just started dropping within the last 24 hours. There wasn't a lot of, of green oaks or caps or deer shit under any of those trees, but sure. one. Sure, and we we're not having a great year for for not that we've seen them. No, they weren't and, yet. But well, and even like my mother-in-law's woods, mm-hmm. which is way north mm-hmm. of where we're at, it there there's there's no acorns i mean there might be a couple of red oaks dropping there's no white oaks the white oaks did not produce this year so i don't know some of the cooler weather in the spring screwed that up well what's uh, their cycle through every three years right yeah so two years ago this should technically technically be this year or next well, should be a good year some trees will produce every year right um some will, and, and yeah, there's always a buffer, generally a buffer crop, like you said, that that that, that seems to happen once every three-ish years where, where they're everywhere. Yeah. I found um, one white oak wait. dumping, dumping rain and acorns when we were out scouting the weekend before. Yeah, that nice close above them. Yeah, yeah. And, then, uh, and then right there was a, a trail camera from somebody else. So I think that's like the only oak tree that we found that was dumping any acorns at that time. But everyone that we'd walk by, I'd look up, and there's no fruit on that tree. There's no there's no acorns mm. on it. So there was quite a few white oaks in that one spot, three real big ones, and no no acorns right. on them at all. So yeah, they're still they're still hitting uh, they're hitting crop fields because we have them around here. They bed in the swamps and the marshes, and they hit the crop fields. So. Get in between them. All right, guys. Well, well, I, I tried to call last week and had to run, and uh, just wanted to wish you guys good luck with your openers. And obviously, uh, uh, way to go there, Greg, on on the dough. Um, and Thank definitely you. check out the Oak Hunter for Appreciate the video it. memes. That that's been a good <laughs> ad for my my Instagram feed. So, boys, Sweet. take it easy. Team Harder and Bucks, we're out. All right, all right. Adios. Take care. All right. With that, I suppose, folks, we'll uh, we'll call it. You know. Yeah. We got nothing that's else. It. We got nothing else. You got to hear me yammer on. So. All right. See you, everybody. Have a good night. Hey, everyone. This is Anthony Heller with Deer Vane. Hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. And this week's tip of the week is actually related to clothing. I think merino wool is highly underrated in the whitetail world. It's really popular in western hunting for elk and mule deer but it's not so popular for whitetail hunters because we don't walk as much. But at the same time, in the early season right now, a lot of us are just wearing t-shirts out there and you get to the tree stand and that t-shirt's soaked in sweat and it just stays soaked and cold the entire time you're out there. 
merino wool just in general keeps you warm in cold days and cool in warm days. It breathes really, really well. It's better than un any Under Armour you're going to find. And then it also, it has its own scent, so it never stinks like your t-shirts. And then the other thing is that it actually pulls sweat off your body onto that merino wool, and then it pushes it out from that merino wool to the outside like air, and it dries really quickly. So you're not stuck in a tree stand wearing a sweaty t-shirt the entire time. Um, it's, I've, I've switched to it like four or five years ago and I've never looked back. And I know if you guys take a look at it, you're going to like it as well. It is a bit expensive, you know, f like 30 to $60 for a t-shirt, but at the same time, it's something you're going to wear all the time. And it's really going to keep you comfortable, especially in these early season hunts. Um, there's a bunch of different brands out there that make it first light, Sidka, Kuyu. Um, you can find some off brands at Cabela's or Bass Pro or Fleet Farm. But in general, you're just looking for the merino wool base layer um, and just wear that as a T-shirt. And if you, you wear it on your bottoms as well, you can wear it there because it'll pull moisture off your legs as well. All right. Hope that helps, guys. Hey, thanks, Anthony. Uh, if you haven't checked out Deerbane, please go over to Deerbane.com and especially check out their YouTube, their Instagram page. Uh, they have a great podcast. I think he just had Zach Barenbaugh on talking talking about like nudging bucks. Uh, so great episode, great content, great guy. Uh, some reminders or just some general kind of things going on. Look, if you haven't given us a rating or review and you like the show, please do that. It helps us a whole bunch. If you'd like to see some different things or give us some feedback, please do that too. And, um, you know, we're running tactic talks. Those are 15 minute quick hit, uh, very granular episodes about very specific tactics. So we run those weekly. They usually drop Wednesday or Thursday. It just depends on when I can get around to it. Um, we're also running the most memorable hunt. So if you have a story that you want to share with us, we can do that. Um, anytime you can submit a recording to us, you can do that right through, uh, our, our link in our Instagram bio. Uh, we have a link to that goes to like our anchor app. Otherwise you can just record on any voice recording app on your phone or computer and send us that file via email or messenger or, or whatever makes sense. If you have questions, let us know. We'll help you out. And then our giveaway is coming up. We do them every three months. So uh, the next giveaway announcement is going to be on September 30th. There's still time to enter all the way up until the day beforehand. So if you want to learn more about that, you can go to our website, www.wheretohuntapp.com. Go to the giveaways page and you can learn more on how to sign up. It's pretty straightforward. We really try to make it very, very easy. Uh, lastly, check out the Where to Hunt app. So if you go to wheretohuntapp.com, you can download the free app on iOS or Google Play. We are working on some updates, trying to get some things done there uh, to inform a heat map. So it takes a bit of work to build that database, but we are working on a very small team and uh, basically no money or budget at all. Uh, so, you know, if you if you like the app, great. Really what it does is it helps hunters identify occupied and unoccupied hunting property. So that's how it works in its current form. If you're not comfortable sharing your spot, you can pay the $2 to get a private um, group kind of access. The incognito mode is what I call it. It's called the pro version in the app. So if you download that, you can do a private group. So you can still get the functionality of the app, but not have to worry about sharing your spot publicly. So. Uh, those are some of the items I had for everybody. I think that's mostly what I wanted to cover. Rut Club Radio uh, airs every Tuesday at 5.45 p.m. Central Standard Time. So if you want to call in a report on uh, what you're seeing and where you're seeing it, we'd love to hear that too. All right, folks, have a great night. Have a great week and uh, hunt public. Mm -hmm.